Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, M.D. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. This is the show that is designed to inform and inspire you to a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Diane A. Thompson, MD, and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you on this broadcast with the goal that perhaps you may learn something new that may take your health and your life to a higher level. I will remind you that the information presented on this broadcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended for diagnosis or treatment. Please seek the advice of your healthcare provider before making any changes to your health. Okay, so on this episode, we will be addressing your fitness health. We will be talking about a community fitness program that's going on currently in Baltimore, and this program is aimed at people who may not have fitness at the top of their priority list, but the program is working. It's actually getting people out there exercising and being concerned about their health, and I find it very interesting, and perhaps it may be a program we need to consider expanding so that we can get more people physically fit. In the second part of our program, which will be next week, our guest will then answer all of your fitness questions, and many of these questions you've emailed me, and he will address all of them. So before we go on to our interview, though, I wanted to highlight a study that came out recently. And this particular study is looking at uh, smoking cessation and its link to improved mental health. Uh, We've known for a long time all of the bad things that are associated with smoking. I generally tell people if they currently smoke, it's really a habit that you want to give up. There's so many bad things associated with smoking. It's such a risk factor for many things. Nothing good can come from smoking. And if you don't smoke, certainly don't start. I think, though, in the medical community, uh, we did not pay too much attention to smoking and mental health. In fact, many clinicians report that they tended to treat depression and alcohol dependence or drug problems first. And if these patients that they were treating also smoked, they would actually address the smoking later. In fact, they would not insist that they quit during the treatment of their mental health because they thought that this would cause more of a problem. And two recent studies uh, are actually showing the opposite. One study conducted a meta-analysis of smoking and mental health, and it actually showed that smoking cessation was linked to improved mental health outcomes in both patients with chronic psychiatric problems as well as those with physical conditions. The investigators found that individuals who quit smoking experience improvement in anxiety, 
depression, psychological quality of life, and stress compared to their counterparts who continued to smoke. Another study was done, and similar findings were found, that in fact, uh, smoking cessation is a good thing for patients with mental health problems, uh, that the belief that was previously held that if you encourage these patients to stop smoking, this may be an additional stressor and may cause a problem. That was the belief before. Now we actually know that when these patients stopped smoking, there was improvement in their mood disorders compared to those who did not quit smoking. So this is another reason why we want to consider not smoking if you don't smoke, and certainly if you're a smoker, you really want to work on giving that habit up because, again, there's so many negative things associated with smoking. All right. Dr. Diane A. Thompson is a physician, writer, speaker, and radio host of the popular syndicated show, Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. You may also listen to her live on Atlanta Broadcasting Network, 1570 a.m. WIGO, every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To contact Dr. Diane A. Thompson, go to her website and sign up for updates at drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thompson. Now back to our show. Well, on today's show, we will be talking about fitness and exercise. And to help me answer all your fitness and exercise questions is Chauncey Whitehead. Now, Chauncey is the owner of CDW Health and Wellness Lifestyles. And he has been in the fitness industry and a fitness professional for over 20 years. He has focused his attention on improving the health of people within the Baltimore community, and his efforts have been documented in various newspapers. He has also been involved in multiple university wellness programs and wellness symposiums, as well as community fitness events. Chauncey, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. I am so excited to have you on the show, and and we talked earlier that we've been trying for a while, and finally you're on, and I'm very excited about this because you are doing some things in your community that I find so exciting, things that I think could do very well throughout the country, and so we'll get to that in a moment, but tell us a little bit more about your fitness background. I am a fitness professional, as you said, in the Baltimore City area, and I've been a fitness professional now for, in the business for 20 years. I've owned my fitness company, CDW Health and Wellness LLC in Baltimore for 15 years, and uh, I started into fitness probably because uh, as a kid, my father used to take me to the gym, me and my older brothers, and we would work out, and it was always in my spirit and in my soul, and I bounced around. I was in the military for a while went to college, uh, I worked in corporate America, but I always had that passion for fitness and trying to help individuals. And then, as fate would have it, I was working out at a gym, and uh, one of the uh, personal trainers had saw me and said, you know what, I like your motivation, I like your, your intensity, would you be interested in filling in and teaching a class for me? And I said, I don't know anything about teaching a fitness class, but I'll give it a try. And once I did that, the passion caught me, I realized that, uh, you know, this is what I was meant to do, this is what I can do, and this is what I can make a living at, and the rest has been history. 
I think that's great. There's nothing like a person who's passionate about what they're doing. So I, I think this is wonderful. Now, one of the things is that, you know, we know that being fit, exercising is probably one of the best things that we can do for ourselves. Yet many people have such a hard time. Why do you think people have such a hard time getting started and staying committed? Well, you know, in my experience, I've found that one of the reasons is because it takes a an effort. And, and what I mean by taking an effort is you actually have to put forth the time to manage when you work out, manage what you eat, and stick with it. You know, I find that in this industry, the, they tell you every January is when you're supposed to start exercising. However, the most important time is October, November, and December. Because if you can manage those three months, you're going to be more successful throughout the year. And I believe the industry sets us up in January to work out for a limited period of time, January to February, or the first snowstorm as we on the east end seen, and then you stop. I think that if you start it and you say to yourself, I'm going to stay committed, I'm going to exercise at least three to four times a week, and you make that commitment, and you don't do it when they tell you to do it, which is January, you're going to be more successful. I have found that out personally with my clients. Yeah, and I, I agree about that whole January thing because that's the case for a lot of things. Fitness, people generally get up and they think it's a new year, let me start everything new. And the truth is if you've had trouble all year doing something, it is so hard to just get up January and think you're going to be committed. You know, it's something you should work on all the time anyway. And you've seen that some of your clients tend to be more committed. Are there things that you notice they're able to do, whereas the other person who has trouble with being committed hasn't figured it out? Yes, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's very, very difficult because, as you spoke, in January, we're not just battling uh, fitness resolutions. There's all types of related resolutions we're battling, financial, family. So when you add that extra fitness on your plate, something is going to give. And usually it's the fitness resolution that goes by the wayside first. So what I try to, to, to focus on with my clients or prospective clients or just anybody that I meet is that the most important time truly is, as I stated, September, October, November, and December. If you can carry that discipline into January, that's one less thing you have to put on your resolution board that you have to stress about. And that's the key because the less you have to think about exercise and it becomes a habit, the easier it is to do. And in terms of making that commitment, do you think that people should put this on their schedule, the way they would schedule a doctor's appointment? You know, what, how do they solidify this commitment? You have to. You have to. It has to be on your schedule. It has to be part of your lifestyle. It has to be part of your schedule. Just as we schedule uh, car maintenance, doctor's appointments, dental's, dental appointments, all the other kind of appointments, appointments to go out, hair appointments, you have to schedule it in. You, if you're not going to a, a, a gym or a personal trainer, you still need to schedule it in until it becomes a part of what you do, your habit. You schedule Monday. 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., I have to exercise. Wednesday, 7 p.m., uh, Friday, 8 p.m. You have to have the time accountability because if you don't, you have too much leeway not to show up to your own appointment because you didn't set an appointment. So that means you can keep 
pushing it back or you can cancel it. You have to make a set schedule to work out. You have to do it, absolutely. That's right. And one of the things that I know you guys are doing in Baltimore, this is one of the things that I, I always often encourage my patients to do is not only set an appointment, but if you can get uh, an accountability buddy, a fitness buddy, or a fitness community, if you can get that, it will, a lot of times I find people will show up, they'll go, they have the encouragement, they have someone else who's doing it with them, and so it's much easier than you showing up by yourself. So, And I'm sure you'll get into this a little bit. I want to turn gears to the African-American community, and I, I ask you this because I know that a lot of what you do in Baltimore is inclusive of everyone, but I think you do see uh, a decent proportion of the African-American community that's involved with your fitness and health, the things you're doing there now. So what are the unique barriers that you've found to fitness in the African-American community? Well, uh, um, I'm known in the, in the Baltimore area as the fitness activists, the fitness activists, because I found that in this business that for the African-American community, I have to go meet them where they're at. I have to meet them where they're at, which means in the African community, sometimes there's some, uh, uh, some perception that uh, the gyms aren't for them or the gyms are not for us, and that's not the truth. So what I try to do is go out to the community to the rec centers, to the uh, uh, the meeting halls, and introduce my special brand of fitness, love, and understanding to the community that, look, you may not be able to go to a gym or you may feel intimidated by a gym, but if you have a community center in your dwelling, I'm going to teach you and show you how to use the machines in here and how to be efficient with it. Because in the African-American community, fitness is not part of a conversation. It doesn't come up that often. It doesn't come up in conversations like it may in other communities. So I try to turn it into a, to part of the conversation. And how I do that is I engage my colleagues to join me in the community. Let's take our fitness into the community, show the African-American community that we do care, and they can learn the same concepts of fitness in their own community. And you said something very important, I think, this is not just true in the fitness community. I've found this to be the case in medicine. You always have to meet people where they are. There are times we busy ourselves writing all sorts of prescriptions, telling people all sorts of recommendations, and the truth is they will leave that office and they will never do it if that's not where they are. So you have to kind of find out where someone is and meet them right there, and that's the only way you're really going to get them to, to go forward. Well, you know, you're, you're absolutely right, and, and I, uh, I go to these different certifications and trainings and seminars, and I usually try to be the reason, the voice of reason of the community. I'll stand up, and I'll say, well, what about that community that is never going to understand what uh, their uh, heart rate should be or uh, have any idea what a heart rate monitor is? How do we get them? How do we engage that community to be mindful of what their heart rate should be? Because one of the, the activities I do as a uh, fitness activist is I'm trying to, for the medical community, build a healthier patient, build a healthier patient. A patient that is more engaged with their physical conditioning will meet their doctor or their medical professional and be able to answer the questions uh, with a little bit more concern and understanding because they have an interest in their physical health. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit more, though, about what you are specifically doing right now? Because I get to see some of the posts with you guys doing the walks in the park. Share with us some of the things that you're actually doing, because I think this is so important, and I really think that this needs to get out there, and we need to start doing it in different communities. Okay, well, what we do is Miss Ernestine Shepherd, who is my fitness mother, she is the um, Guinness Book World Record holder for the oldest female bodybuilder in the world, 2010 and 2011. However, she doesn't use her bodybuilding as part of who she is. What she is and what we try to do is we try to get people to start moving. Most people never want to be a bodybuilder. They're never going to, to, to aspire to do that. So once a month, Last July, Ms. Ernestine and I said, how can we engage the community and meet them where they're at? Let's hold a health community walk, a free health community walk every month at Druid Hill Park here in Baltimore, which is one of the nicest historic parks. We'll walk from one mile to five miles. We're going to encourage everyone to walk. We don't want anybody running. That way, no one is intimidated because they can't run. So, Next month will be our eighth consecutive walk. We've had 60 to 80 walkers last month in 26-degree weather. We had 26 walkers. We've had walkers every single month. Some of, some of them are new. Some of them have been with us. We've had walkers from all forms and levels of fitness. What we've also done is we've asked the medical community, health professionals, to join us in the walk. If they can come out, talk to some of the walkers, get a better feel for the patients that may be coming to them one day. And what they're really talking about, because as we talked about off air, is a lot of times the patient will tell their fitness professional more than what they tell their doctor. So I'm trying to, and Ms. Ernestine and I in the community down here in Baltimore, we're trying to build that gap to make a healthier community by walking. I think that's so fabulous. I lived in Baltimore for years. In fact, that's that's how Chauncey and I met years ago. And I've gone to Druidville Park and done some walking there. And it is a beautiful, beautiful park. And I'm actually impressed because I've seen the pictures and I've, I've seen the documentation of you guys walking. And even in the very cold weather, people come out. And so I think people can be committed if they're really inspired and encouraged. And I think the idea that there is a group doing this there's a scheduled time to this and as you say you're meeting them where they're at so they're not intimidated I think all of this put together a really good recipe for people to do well and and continue with this and another thing you touched on which I think was great is that getting the, the health professionals involved that I think it's true that many times patients will share things with others that they don't necessarily share with their physician. I, I think that needs to change, but that's the way it is. I've gone to hair salons and I'll hear someone saying things that, you know, I'm thinking, I know this person had not shared this with their physician or their health provider. So you are right. You know, I think the merging of the two would be a great thing. Where do you ultimately see this going? What do you, what do, in your vision, what do you see for this that you're doing currently? Well, my, my vision is eventually we want to create, you know, I always say in the African-American community, we do health fairs really well. We go to each booth, 
pick up our security bag and we keep moving. My ultimate goal is to have a health fair and a wellness fair outside. But along the way, in order to get to the blood pressure uh, counter, you have to walk maybe a mile or a quarter of a mile. To get back to the cholesterol check, you walk uh, another three quarters of a mile. So by the time you've got your goodie bag and you've gone through that health fair, believe it or not, you've walked three miles to four miles and you realize, what, I can do this. I, I looked and I said, we have to start engaging the community in movement. I've gone to numerous African-American health fairs or health fairs for the minority communities of people of color, and we're all there, but none of them will come to the fitness booth. I'll have the fitness booth, and I'm like, they're all passing by me going to these other booths because I don't have any freebies. But if they come to my booth, chances are they don't have to go to any of these other booths. (laughs) It's it's one of these things where I've spoken to some of the – medical professionals, and they like our idea, that eventually we want to get the community to ask for it. We, we feel the more people we get engaged with walking, then we will allow them to do the footwork that we need to do as fitness professionals and medical professionals to invite their friends and families to the outside health fair to come out and walk. One of the other things we do with walks, and I advise anyone listening to this program, make it fun. Make it historic. What we do at Druid Hill Park, we just don't take people and walk them down until they can't walk anymore. We add historic routes. We've had individuals in this community that were not aware that there was a segregated pool in the back of Druid Hill Park. So what I do is I find all the historic markers, and now all of a sudden you're walking, you're finding history, and the next thing you know it, you're a kid again. You've walked one to five miles, you feel good, you're not beaten up, and then you're more likely to listen to the other information we give at the end of the walk. Make sure you get your blood pressure checked. Make sure you get your cholesterol checked. Now we've engaged you to listen to the health and the medical information we're going to give because at every walk, I usually try to have a registered dietitian or nutritionist, somebody from the uh, medical field, a doctor, or somebody, a nurse, a nurse practitioner. I try to have the health professionals there to give that information that the community needs to hear, but they won't hear it if they're not engaged. And so I just try to make it fun and historic, and it's a win-win situation all the way around. I think it's amazing, and I really think that you should reach out to people in politics because sometimes they're they're able to get things moving because this is a community thing that – can really impact on people's health. I mean, I see the success you're having, and I, I truly see where this could occur throughout the country. And, you know, Chauncey, you may be causing a fitness revolution. I mean, this oh, is All right, my kind of revolution. You know? Yeah, this is a different way of looking at fitness. And if, if this is the way to engage a community, then, then this is the way you do it. Because, you know, the ultimate goal is to get people healthy and fit and strong. And if this is the way you do it, then, you know, perhaps we need to take a better look at this. I'm really excited about this program, and I hope people listening because I believe people can take this to their churches and they can, you know, different communities can start doing something very similar. I really congratulate you for doing this and for coming up with such an idea. I mean, I think it's brilliant. All right, so we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, 
we're going to be addressing some of your specific exercise and fitness questions. Some of these questions I've gotten from listeners, and Chauncey will address these questions, so you, you don't want to step away. Just make sure you come back for part two of this interview with Chauncey D. Whitehead. So once again, thank you for listening in. Thank you for joining me each week. I do appreciate it. I know you could be elsewhere. And please join me next week for the continuation of this interview. You've been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Please join us every other Sunday on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Diane Thompson at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to listen to past shows, or would like our free ebook on stress, please visit www.drdianethompson.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Remember, your health is your wealth. So do something healthy today.